Well, hey, uh, everyone, this is the Death Vanilla podcast, and I'm so excited to bring in Ashley today. And she's kind of got her hands on a lot of things like journalism, writing, copywriting. Um, you've founded a company, or, or one of the co-founders, at least, of a company called Command AF that's uh, developing personal brands so that people can get noticed. And that's perfect because our podcast is Death to Vanilla, which is the whole point is to get noticed. And so uh, I guess just to kick things off, what to you, what does it mean to you to have uh, like the whole Death to Vanilla idea? Like how has that been incorporated into your life? What do you, how do you feel about it? Um, I actually got interested in even doing this at all because I love the idea of Death to Vanilla. I think coming from journalism and moving into marketing, I thought that marketing was gonna be super boring. Mm. And that people in marketing were not that creative. And I didn't I didn't know that much about it, but I had those judgments about it just based on, I don't know, maybe just what I had known about it. But I think death by vanilla to me means like getting out of that coffin created for creative thoughts. Um, I believe that especially in early stage companies, it's kind of important to get out of your comfort zone and go, um, go for new techniques. Um, not everything is ever going to work out because different audiences and different things require different strategies, but I think that yeah. getting out of your comfort zone is like very important. That's awesome. So like, um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious why you thought marketing was going to be so boring. Did you like, what were your preconceived notions on how that was going to end up looking? I thought that marketing, I think back then was just people um, kind of advertising, getting in their name and things, not actually telling stories, which I mm. like doing a lot in journalism. I didn't think that it could have a lot of personality. And um, I think that might just be because um, I knew people um, when I was younger who were in marketing jobs and they didn't like their job that much, or they acted like that they couldn't do anything um, if they didn't get permission from sales teams or that everything that they did was kind of dependent on um, what the people, investors in the company thought, and that if they didn't like anything that they went for, then they would get in trouble for that. And I always thought like, oh, why would anyone want to do that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like that's not true? Or do you feel like you've just found places where you have more liberty than that? I I do feel like it can be. Um, I know I haven't actually had a job where I've had that experience, but um, I found that when you're at a company um, that doesn't have like dependencies to answer to maybe because they don't have outside investors and things that you have a lot more freedom to kind of just like branch out and stretch your wings and find new things to get into. Um, I have a lot of people that I know in marketing that have been in companies where they're like, I wanted to do that thing and I wanted to pitch that idea but I would um, give it up to my manager and they would tell me, oh, we can't do that because people um, that are investing in us would not like that. That would be too bold for them. That would be too out of the box for them. And then they mm -hmm. might pull out. And I think that um, I've, I've been at a lot of companies that are private. And I think that's kind of helps me be able to, you know, have creativity and not feel like I'm going to get penalized for like attempting new things. Right. No, I think this is great. And I think for anyone who's like getting into marketing, this is super helpful in the sense that do you feel like these privately owned companies, was it because of investors or were you, were your direct reports more like the owners of the company? Like people who had like, like they were the ones taking the risk as opposed to like a marketing manager who wants to keep his job. I've been, yeah, I've kind of had on both halves of that. Um, now my, um, the, 
I have a report in marketing. So my, the manager of marketing is who I would go to, but we mm-hmm. have, um, the company isn't that big yet. We're under 50 at Pushnami now, um, which is good because you're getting into that point that I love in startups where everything is innovation, 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 go for new things, try new techniques. We want to do everything that we can to get our name out there and right. not everything that we do is going to be successful, but we're not going to get in trouble for not, like we don't have to answer to anybody. And I think that's kind of the cool thing about it. Right. It kind of gives you that space to experiment, which is huge because otherwise you kind of get stuck in whatever everyone's comfortable with, which may not be the right choice. You know, if you, if you, if you have a marketing manager that's only done like radio ads, convincing them to do TikTok may be a bit more of a challenge than it is for a scrappier, smaller company who's looking at like, no, like getting notice is the most important thing. And we need to get noticed yesterday. Uh, Exactly. You know, Clubhouse, have you been on? Mm -hmm. So I've, I've listened into like one. um, So I'm not like heavily inundated with it yet, but it's, I've heard a lot about it. It sounds amazing. My, my teammate, um, Jack and I, we both didn't know too much about it, but we had an account just because we got an invite and we had paid attention a little bit to it. And one day we just kind of pitched like the idea for Krishnami, like, Hey, what about if we did, um, a clubhouse talk and, um, we did it for affiliate marketing because Mm. we're moving into the affiliate marketing field now, um, trying to get more push notification action going that way. And, um, we looked and looked and looked and we couldn't find anybody yet who had done anything in affiliate on clubhouse that we, at least that we could identify. And we thought, well, this might be the time that we could put our niche into clubhouse and maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it won't be okay. We had 80 people show up to the talk, awesome. which I thought was a pretty big turnout for a thing that we didn't know if it was even going to have anybody show up at all. We did oh, a yeah. lot of promotion on LinkedIn um, and things. And we actually only promoted it for about a week because that was about how long we had the idea, <laughs> but nobody put any tape up for like, me and Jack to do that. They're just like, okay, well, you want to do it? Well, then go for it. It wasn't like a thing where we have to go get approval from that team and then that team and then that team. And then by the time that gets to the top, you're just like, I don't even want to do it anymore. That's what I was afraid marketing was going to be like. The right. constant tape. <laughs> well, I think it, it sounds to me like it's kind of this idea of self-awareness where like, you know yourself and you need that variety. I'm sure there's people who are like, I literally want to run Facebook ads all day long. And that's the only thing I want to do. In which case, a bigger corporate company is is perfect for you because you're not going to be doing anything else because of of all the red tape. All of that. And that'll be your job all the time. Right. Exactly. Another thing about being at a um, small company that I like too, is I get to put my hand in anything I want to put my hand in. If I want to just like be in on a meeting and I'm not even on the, in that department or in that field, I can just like pick it up and learn how to do it. And people, people empower you to do that. I know at big companies, you have to kind of, you have to pick a thing and then you have to be in that thing all the time because you're in a big corporate kind of situation. Right. It's not for me. I mean, I came, I came from journalism because I like to be busy with a lot of different things. And I think that going into marketing, I've had to find jobs that kind of fit that mold with me. So you still needed something to get in the door, but then you also found yourself in situations where you could experiment yourself with other areas. And I mean, because like storytelling is like the skill outside of like maybe empathy or I don't know. I'm just saying the word empathy because it's like the hot phrase right now. So uh, let me, I'll take that back. But yeah, like storytelling is the thing because that's what you're doing when you're 
posting uh, an email newsletter. It's what you're doing when you're making a video. It's what you're doing when you post a graphic is what's the story of this company? How is it helping people? And how is it connecting with your audience? Well, and people, people don't want to usually at least, but people don't usually want to hear like why your feature or why your product is amazing. Yeah. That's just not that. That's not that enticing to most people. Like, I mean, it looks good for the company and all, but like, if you're just like wanting to talk to people about it, they're just like, why should I care? And that's kind of how I think that I've been able to make my way into marketing is because I know how to weave facts into like more of the emotional aspect of things. Um, it's not just a case study results, kind of numbers and stats kind of thing. You have to dig in to like what's at stake from a larger perspective and deeper motivations and internal driving forces. You have to find out why people should care because they don't have to care. Like nobody's going to make them. Right. You throwing around your big figures about your company's 15 features. They don't, people don't care. You got to be compelling. <laughs> I, I know people don't want people don't want to hear that, but yeah, yeah. they just don't. Well, it's so funny you say that because I was just having a conversation with a guy actually yesterday um, on uh, another podcast I was doing, and we were talking about Instagram and how like just historically it's it's more difficult to get noticed on Instagram before now than it was in the past, and so him and I were going back and forth on what might that be, and we kind of like got on this this idea that like. I think there was probably just a lot of lazy marketers that were making headway because they were simply posting. And now that you actually have to have a strategy and now you actually have to have good storytelling telling and, uh, and the bar has been raised and you can't do lazy marketing anymore. And so people are still going on Instagram and getting noticed. It's just, they have a plan and they're trying really hard. And his thing was like, if you're not getting noticed on a platform, uh, you're doing something wrong. Because they're all meant to show the, pe- the the content that people are actually engaging with. And that's oh, a hard oh, pill to swallow. Oh, definitely. And I do feel like the only way that you could escape that is like for Instagram is a good example. I think that you mentioned is if you were one of those companies who in the very beginning, they just got on there and they didn't know what they're doing, but they did it and they got a big enough following. And now your following is so huge at this point that you're probably fine. But anybody else who's a newer company or who just didn't use it, you better be doing a good job at it to get people looking at it because you have a lot of competition. It's spending some coin too. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Facebook no wants their money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get too far, uh, you you brought up, uh, uh, hopefully I'm saying this right, Pushnami? Yep, that's Okay, it. cool. So yeah. that's perfect because because uh, you guys work on like doing push notifications for businesses. Exactly. So... <laughs> I can't think of anyone who does this better than iFunny. Uh, I don't know if you've downloaded the app, but like, and I actually deleted it because um, I forget why. I think I switched phones and just forgot to download it again. But uh, man, their push notification game is off the charts. And it was impossible for me to forget about iFunny because, you know, it would be lunchtime and they'd be like, feeling a little hungry. Here's some lunchable memes or whatever, just like something silly like that. And I was like, actually I am hungry and it is lunchtime and what perfect timing. And they just do that like all the time, like throughout the day. And it was impossible for me to forget about them. So I know push notifications are huge when done properly. So uh, I love to hear about like what, like tell me a little bit about Pushnami and how like this maybe it's like, I guess a case study on like what you guys have done with for someone uh, that's really helped elevate their awareness game. Yeah, definitely. So Pushnami, 
um, our main goal mission is about making web pages more money, but um, we do that by providing um, browser-based push notifications hmm. and email. Um, there could be goals, depending on what kind of um, company you're in. If you're a news and media company, maybe your goal is engagement. Um, if you're um, an e-commerce customer, maybe it's just to convert subscribers to go back and finish the purchase. But um, it's an omni-channel messaging platform, basically. So mm. think about app push, web push, email, all those kind of things. We have about 20,000 websites using Pushnami now. Um, we're about to hit our 500 billion push notification point, which is a kind of a big deal since we've only been around since 2017 now. But um, one of our clients that I think has that has been having a lot of success using Pushnami is Newsweek. Okay. Um, they were one of our first big um, news and media um, companies. And I think in the beginning for Pushnami, a lot of it was like, okay, well, let's get into the stores. Let's get into the e-commerce. Let's get into the affiliate. It was like, but news, like news has a unique angle that you can hook people in using different automations with Push. Um, yeah. Like um, if you didn't finish a story, for example, like they know that you only got halfway down, maybe like you've got distracted and like an hour later, you get a push notification like, hey, you didn't finish this. You want to get to the bottom of it? Or maybe it's just like, I want to get this um, reader who keeps coming back to my page to just like actually become a subscriber. I want them to update to the paid plan. Anything like that, that you can, news and media companies, of course, have a tough time um, with everything changing. And now we have um, cookie lists issues coming up and other things yeah. like that. They're doing everything that they can now to make sure that their um, their content is gonna be able to get out there and that they're gonna have the data. And that's a good way to get your first party data um, without you know Facebook having it all. Because <laughs> that's what a lot, of, a lot of news and media companies, that's, they think that's the only thing they have to do is I'm gonna post my link to my content on Facebook and then people who follow me on Facebook are gonna look at it. But I mean, chances are, unless you're having a lot of paid money behind that, you're not getting a lot of people looking at that page anyway. Well, and certainly if you have gone to all the trouble and spent all the money to get to someone to notice you, the worst thing that could happen is for them to forget about you. Because the big expense is really getting them to see you in the first place. Um, And so uh, it would be just silly to have people lose their place forget about you move on you know yeah and you want to keep them you want to keep them hooked and keep them motivated um i know that um different people have different strategies of doing this and there are companies who are like i don't want to be too annoying like maybe one push notification a day or maybe even just a few a week is enough for me and you can kind of tailor that um based on um different user information to get data on people like what are they clicking on hello kitty cat Every time I have a podcast, I just need to like lock this cat. In I have room. two cats. And yeah. Behind me. I um, saw a tail at one point. Oh yeah. That was, that was Nala. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, every time I do anything on a video call, I'm like shocked if she's not just walking on my keyboard. <laughs> right. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. That's so crazy. Is that based on uh, uh, Lion King? Oh yeah. We have <laughs> the other cat is named Mufasa. So we're not very creative. We're just like, we're just going to name them Lion King names and <laughs> no, that's just so funny because uh, there was a girl that used to live with me and my wife. Um, she was transitioning in uh, where she was living and, and whatnot. And she had a cat named Nala. And that cat was the reason we liked cats and the reason we got our own. So now all our cats are Harry Potter names, which oh, is right. also equally. Uh, yeah. Wait, so which, which name is this cat? So this one is, so they're all boy names, but two of them are girls. So whatever, uh, it's 2021, right? <laughs> so, um, Albus, 
is uh, oh, the man cat. And that's the one you saw. And then there's two others that are probably too chicken to come say hi. And one of them is Remus. And the other one is uh, Sirius. And Sirius is a black cat. So, okay. I love that. Yeah. So we always. When you need inspiration for names, just go for movies. (laughs) Right. It's so true. And we love Harry Potter. So we're like, why not just have more of that floating around? Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, Cool. So, man, you guys are so accomplished with Push Push Nami. Newsweek obviously is like a whale of a client. And so congratulations on that. That's awesome. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit, well, we're going to talk a little bit about bold marketing. And so I'm really curious, um, some of the things that you've tried, whether it's Pushnami or whether it's Command AF, which clearly the word Command AF for a company is, is probably bold enough as it is, but uh, I love that. Uh, it's definitely, definitely catches your attention. What have you, what kind of things have you done that you would kind of describe as like bold or different or out of the box? Um, I think, I think one of the things I did just getting into Pushnami, actually, I've only been there. Um, it feels like a little bit longer for people because I got super active on LinkedIn um, mm. during pandemic times, but I have only been at Pushnami since September and I went in there with an agenda um, after, okay, there's this guy, I don't know if you follow him on LinkedIn. Um, his name is Casey Graham. And okay. he is like the actual founding founder of Command AF. Okay. And I had been following him on LinkedIn last year for, I don't know, probably since February. And I had been following him because no matter what I did, anytime I went on LinkedIn in my feed, it was his employees from Gravy constantly flooding my feed. And I had no idea what Gravy was. And then finally I was like, I got to follow their boss. Like, what, is, what, what are they doing? Like, and I, then it made me want to know about the company. Like, what does the company do? What are these employees doing? How is he getting them that engaged? Right. um, I followed them for a long time and I never talked to him. And then when I joined Pushnami, I messaged him like, hey, how are you getting your employees to do this? Like, what is the secret? Like, how are you getting your company to actually want to do that? Like, are you giving them away anything? Like, how do you motivate people to do that on their own free will, on their own personal profiles with their own content? Like, he isn't copying content and being like, hey, post about that. They're just doing it. And I wanted to know how. And he was like, well, I see that you're new at Pushnami. Maybe I'll just have a meeting with you guys and we can talk about it. And I was like, you're going to do that for me? Like, I don't even know you. (laughs) And I implemented within just weeks of being at Pushnami where nobody knew me that much yet. And they're probably like, who she thinks she is coming in here and Guns blazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they all like, I they all took it. Like they all took the meeting. Pretty much everybody had Pushnami actually showed up, which was cool. And they listened to him talking about it, like why his company is doing that and how we got him to do that. And basically it was all about personal branding. And mm. I never make any of my employees post number one. And I don't make them ever talk about the company. The only thing, the only reason you know that they're talking about the company is if you go to their profile and you're like, oh, they work there. Like, and that's right. I mean, I noticed their cover photo. They have that. And I think that was why it kept coming up to my attention. Like that company is posting again, that company, that company, that company. And then he has, you know, like 200 employees now. So it's not like everything on my LinkedIn feed was from them. And I asked him basically how to teach me how to do that. And um, he kind of taught me how to open that, the floodgates of that. And I have, um, 15 employees at Pushnami who have agreed to join and they've all been doing such an amazing job. A lot of them went from only having 
like 120 followers on LinkedIn to having like thousands. And it was just because they're just talking about what they do and they're talking about what they know. They don't have to talk about Pushnami, but people know that they work for Pushnami because we have the cover photo showing them that they do. Right. But, um, and it's getting us like leads. Like you get leads because people are like, I like this human being. And that's because it's about storytelling. Everything is. Right. They like you because they know about you and they know that you're an authentic human being. And then at that point, they have more faith in you to do a job. Right. Oh, yeah. You're definitely like, uh, you're really taking the walls down of resistance to like, this is not like a sales pitch. This is just people talking and, uh, and not many people resist you. that. The clients are coming to these people now. Like, yeah. we, don't, we don't have to necessarily go after them. They're just like, they want to know like what, Pushnami is about after we have, uh, after they follow people. Like one of my um, employees at Pushnami, her name is Michelle. Um, she is brilliant and people, she works in data science and people in data science, like all over the United States now are like, how are you doing what you're doing? They just want to know. And they right. want to join Pushnami now. Like they want to find a job at Pushnami because she is cool. It's just like, right. it doesn't help with like sales. It helps with like just getting your name out there. And it helps with us like finding amazing people to hire, which is cool. Like, putting you don't even put money into it that way you just right find, you're finding them so when you say they join command af is it are they kind of more of like a coaching service or so are command, is there command af is a coaching platform basically okay. that casey came up with after he had like a ton of people like me who came to him and was like hey like how do you do what you're doing and then when he kept in touch with all of these people he was like i'm gonna have you guys join as members but if you do it you have to commit to things so we're committed mm -hmm. to um, helping people. We're committed to, if anybody messages me on LinkedIn now and asks me for help on how to do personal branding, I will get back with them. Um, if anybody um, in within our little uh, coaches program needs things, we help each other. We edit for each other if we have to. Um, we give each other feedback and advice. We share analytics. We kind of do everything that we can. And we also like try to empower um, people in our own companies to do what we're doing. That's cool. Now, I mean, that's, that's amazing because the, the competition is just only increasing to even have your personal brand stand out and to be able to have someone coach you through that has got to be helpful. <laughs> and uh, I, so I've found it invaluable. I actually like, I'm, I'm open about this, but I've get I've probably 10 to 15 job offers a week now and I'm not dang. applying for any jobs. I'm not looking for a job. I'm happy with, at my job, but they're coming. And it's just because of like what I've been doing on there. And if I, I hadn't, that did not happen to me before. I wasn't having people flood my inbox with anything but sales pitches before. And now I'm having people come to me and they ask me for help or they ask if I can join their company, things like that, which is, which has definitely been cool. So I know it's effective. And I think I got into it at a good time before it got too saturated because it's getting a lot more difficult now. The algorithm right. changed a little bit too. And that's another thing that we do at Command AF is like we figure out like what's going on and like why things perform better. And then like the next month they're not anymore. And it's because right. they tweak with it all the time. You have to keep up with it. And we have good people on, in the company who can kind of dig into that and be like, okay, like we, yeah. know, we know what's happening now. 
Yeah, it's it's super dynamic how that works because I was even talking the other day to someone about how when stories first came out on Instagram, those had a different algorithm and then Reels had a different algorithm and IGTV had a different algorithm. And because at the end of the day, these platforms are trying to get people to adopt certain things. And then once they adopt them, then it kind of goes back to more restrictive. And then of course, you're always playing this game of how do I try to maintain some level of reach with my content Oh uh, yeah. And how come, a, how come when I used to put an image, it was doing well. And now if I put an image in a post, it's taking like audience away from me. I actually have had somebody at one point that was like, Hey, Ashley, I used to see your, um, your uh, post in my feet every morning at like 9am. And now I'm not anymore. And I was like, why is that? And I like shared that feedback with command AF people. And they all went through everything I'd been doing and tried to like play together. Like why that had been happening. Like what was going on? What had changed? And it could right. be things like if you put too many hashtags, it doesn't like that anymore. Like you have oh, to. Oh, geez. It's it's it, and it's completely evolving. You have to keep up with it, and it's a lot. It's good to have people help you with that, though. Right. No, that's good. I was I was getting a little suspicious of the hashtag game because it used to be that you you'd want to use all thirty, and okay. then I would do that, and it'd be like, and then I'd have posts that almost had no hashtags, and it would be like twice as far when who knows it could be just like how well the content resonated um but i was like oh um i guess hashtags all aren't all what they cracked up to be anymore <laughs> so you just you just have to just yeah. have to adjust yeah and it's it, it's just like keeping on top of that when you have other things to do is tough it's good to have a team of people that kind of give feedback on like what they've what they've been finding out too and a lot of that is just like you have to play with it and experiment and do different things um there are times when i think that i've posted like one sentence and that's performed better than anything and then i do that again and it's like that didn't nobody even looked at it like i had right. to have it filled up to the character limit and then i got all of the activity i don't know it's just wild how much how many how often those things could change and like what what it is why they do it like that i don't know but right kind of cool some scientist in some dark room is playing around with math equations just making it's so true so i'm kind of curious you you've obviously made a, a valid argument for the purpose of having a a personal brand just like you said it's promoted business it's promoted you personally um what do you think are probably like two three common missteps that people do when they're building their personal brand that's like really shooting themselves in the foot Oh yeah. Um, I would think that, um, when you're doing what I'm doing, you have to be working for a company that's okay with that. Mm. There are companies who do not like that. Um, I have had messages from people who have told me that, um, they wanted to do what I was doing and they did it for a while. And then they got negative feedback from the like founder of their company, or maybe even just people team. They're like, we don't want you to do that that much. You're part of our company now. And if you want to post it, it, you're technically posting on behalf of our company, even if it mm. is about the company. And then there are people who have given me feedback, like, oh, my company loves it. Yeah. Like you're getting all of these leads now and people are going to the webpage and you could tell they're going to the webpage for my, for my LinkedIn because you could check the UTMs, <laughs> but um, things like that. Um, but I think that controversy <laughs> is a lot of the bad things that could happen to your personal brand in there. If you get too controversial or too political, Mm. And you're definitely probably have a chance of burning bridges and your company that you work for might not like that. Yeah. And it's not good for you. Oh, you have to, you have to like have a line that you don't cross and it's tough to figure out what that is. I think. 
So, so I, I guess that line is when does a personal brand get too personal? Uh huh. And yeah. I don't think that anybody knows when that is yet. And there are things on there that I'm like, whoa, I can't believe they published that. Like maybe that was even too much for like Facebook. But then yeah. there are times when I'm like, I didn't think that that was that bad. But then people commented like, why did you share about your divorce? Like you shouldn't do that in here. And they're like, well, I felt like it had to do with um, my job performance. So I turned it into a job performance because like I didn't do that good when I was going through my divorce and I didn't tell anybody. And finally I told my manager and he took that off of my shoulders. But people have their own opinions on what you should and what you should not talk about on um, LinkedIn. Right. Companies have their own opinions about it too. Well, obviously, yeah, they, they're, they're taking a much huger risk than you are. If you lose your job, that sucks. If they lose credibility or get, you know, canceled or whatever, that could be a lot of people losing jobs. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then there are, com- there are companies that just are not active at all on LinkedIn yeah. that don't know that they even have um, employees that are that engaged with right. it. It's kind of a, like, it depends, I think. Um, but um, I think just, you know, the line, like, what is the line? What is the line for your company? What is the line for you? You have to figure out what that is. And um, eventually maybe people will nail that down, but I don't think that we know what that is on LinkedIn. If you went on LinkedIn two years ago, nothing like this existed. It was yeah. just like, job host hiring blah 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 my company is cool now it's like people telling you stories on there and maybe they're going into too much detail maybe they're not i mean it depends on the human being to evaluate that right you can't make everybody happy just like a company can't make everybody happy you're, you're gonna have your people that like what you do and you're gonna have people that don't and you gotta be okay with that because you're not gonna make everybody um fall in love with you on there totally so when you're your strength is obviously storytelling. So how do you have like some, some sort of simple way, right? That people can introduce more storytelling into their work. Like how, how do you process through some of that to know that like, Hey, this is more than just a post. This is a story. Um, I think that people underestimate the power of an interview. Mm. Um, you could be a content marketer like me and you could have um, clients who are doing cool things, but you're not talking to them. And a lot of the times the client is willing to like have an actual discussion from you and get quoted and just getting on a phone call or a Zoom call and being like, hey, tell me about you. What are you doing? And then you get down to the nitty gritty of like how your company is doing this amazing thing for them. But you don't tell it like that. You tell it more like inverted pyramid to their life. Like, that this is their life. This is what you did for them. And at the end, maybe you have like more things to hook people into like buying what you have, but mm-hmm. you have to get, it's the human thing. The heart of the story, I guess the human angle is what hooks people into it. And a lot of the times it's just getting um, interviews from people and talking to them to find out more about like what you should be asking, I think. And I don't think everybody's comfortable interviewing. Yeah, a lot of I'm in I was in journalism, but a lot of marketers didn't get told how to do that. And I think just like figuring out how to do that or talking to people for advice on it is a good thing. Um, And it is uncomfortable in the beginning. Like I don't not everybody went to school and got told like how to do that. Yeah, it's if you don't ever do it because you're afraid of doing it, then you're missing out on opportunities. So. Well, outside of, you know, figuring out how to solve an equation, I don't know what else school taught. So (laughs) (laughs) not building a personal brand and making money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so we've talked about building a personal brand. We've talked about 
um, you know, sharing, but not oversharing, uh, stuff like that. What do you think is like one other way in your experience that someone, what's one thing that someone could do to stand out like today, like something they could go and post or, and I'm not asking you to share, like, how do you make, how do you go viral? Cause we all know that that is a, uh, <laughs> that's you. a, yeah, it totally is. And you're just, you're kidding yourself. If you think you can just make a viral post, um, but what's one thing that people can do to start standing out, like starting today with their content that could elevate? Yeah. Um, so I think that the most important thing is to get quantity out there and showing up as much as you can is going to get you what you need to get. Um, I like, I like the idea of quality, of course, because I think that I used to be a perfectionist and it would take me a long time to finish anything because I feel like it would get judged too much or um, too many eyes on it. But then again, in my background, I used to turn out things like every day because I was a newspaper reporter. So I have kind of both of that in me a little bit. But I think the fact that if you just show up all the time, authentically, you have something maybe creative about the way that you do things and people start expecting that you're gonna be there, then, then you get to the point when you push ahead. And I know that can be difficult because um, being consistent is, I mean, in theory, we all should be, but yeah. actually playing it out and executing it and then not getting like, oh my God, I cannot do this one more time. You don't want it to be cumbersome. And I don't know what kind of um, advice exactly to give people, except that you just have to keep doing it. And when you keep doing it, you get better at it. I don't, like people ask me all the time, like, how do you know what to post on LinkedIn every day? I'm like, I don't know. I always <laughs> have ideas. I have right. an idea, I have 15 ideas, I have 25 ideas. And the more I do it, the more ideas I come up with. And it's because of the conversations I'm having with people in my posts. They, I get a comment, I'm like, oh my God, I should talk about that. I get a message, oh my gosh, I should talk about that. I, let, I had a poll that I put out yesterday talking about like, had anybody ever been punished by a company for what they've been doing on LinkedIn. Right. And I mean, there are a million stories out there. You just got to go find them. Which is awesome because then at that point, someone's giving you the content that you're going to be using. You don't even it's have amazing. to make it. <laughs> it's amazing. I think we, I think we underestimate each other. There are people in your company probably that are amazing people to talk to that maybe don't feel that comfortable all the time getting on social media and doing things. But if you took initiative and you're like, Hey, I want to talk to you about that cool thing that you're doing. Um, it wouldn't have to put your name in it if they didn't want their name in it, even it could be anonymous, but like just mm -hmm. going out of your way to get to know people and who they are behind the job title, I think. Cause people yeah. are not just their job. No. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And to me, that's like, it humanizes the whole process, which is really what I would imagine a, a at least from your guys' perspective, a personal brand is supposed to do, which is just humanize every part of the process, every part of the communication, every part of the image, um, where instead of just interacting with a business, you're interacting with a human being and they're not trying to sell you. They're just talking about what they're doing. And I think we're just going to see more of that. I think that I, I do know that I do think, I think corporations have been some of them have been uh, vilified un and it's unwarranted. But at the same time, yeah. I just think people really enjoy working with other people too. And as corporations grow and get bigger, that, that connectedness starts spreading out. Like even like the gripe that I always have is like Starbucks used to like right on your cup and you had like a relationship with people. And now they're so busy 
and they want you to get through the line so fast because they have so many people coming that now they're like doing stickers and all these other things and there's yeah. no personality to it anymore and i hate and, that like i yeah i use to go to starbucks all the time i don't even go anymore yeah like, i go to i'd prefer to go to my little local coffee shops because i like i like the human element and i think that having that um makes a huge difference i mean I mean, I pay, I would be willing to pay a little bit more to have that than not that Starbucks is cheap, but you know, I would be willing to pay a little (laughs) bit more to have that, have that in my life. Like, I don't want to get to the point when everything that we do just feels like a transaction. Oh yeah. Which is exactly what most things are on social media. It's like, Hey, buy this, buy that, follow this, follow that. And businesses miss a huge opportunity to be personal, I think. So Absolutely. So cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I uh, definitely want to respect your time. And um, for having me. I had a good yeah, time. absolutely. And so if you could just share, uh, we'll, we'll be sure to throw it into the show notes and all that of the jazz. But if you could just share where people can find you, reach out to you, obviously LinkedIn is huge for you. So if you want to just share that, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. So if you, go on, if you go on LinkedIn, my name is Ashley Amber Hughes. And I'm the only one with that name on there. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. I... I I've, I have the link though. Would that okay. be better if I dropped it in the chat for you to share? That'd be awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I will copy and paste it into my Trello so I can uh, make sure that's in there properly. So. Well, I appreciate your time and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I appreciate it. And am I able to copy this? <gasps> am I not able to copy? There we go. Copy. Awesome. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for having it on, uh, having us on here. And then um, I will probably have this up, not this coming Tuesday, but the Tuesday after that, it will be right, live. I'll be, and I'll, I'll be looking. yeah, thank I'll be, I'll send you the links and everything. All right. Have a good one. Hey, marketing fam. And thank you so much for jumping on the death to vanilla podcast, where we talk about how to market boldly to create courageously and to experiment and We have an awesome guest on the show. Her name is Ashley Hughes, and she works for two different companies, uh, Pushnami and a company called Command AF, uh, which, got to admit, sounds pretty bold, so perfect fit for the show. And she has been marketing for a while now and has been in companies that really allow her to experiment and try new things, really stretch her wings a little bit and build a personal brand. And so I know we covered personal branding uh, quite a bit with uh, Phil last week, but this week she has a little bit of a different perspective since she is working inside of a company and doing personal branding uh, on the side, uh, really as a way to drive leads to her company in a way that's organic, friendly, personal all the ways that people are really wanting to interact with businesses these days anyways. Um, if you guys get a chance, I would love for you to swing by Apple Podcasts if that's what you're listening to now. It couldn't be easier to give a review as a way to contribute to not only what we're trying to accomplish by spreading information and ideas to help marketers, but also for all the people that are on the show Um, our success is their success. And so you have a chance to be able to actually spread the word and help people who are guests on the show get noticed. And so obviously that's something we're grateful for and they're grateful for as well. So if you can go over there and just click a little five star, that would do a huge favor in getting us noticed on Apple podcasts, which happens to be one of the larger platforms that we get listened to on. Um, 
be sure to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, we'll have a uh, show note information on there and, um, that way you can be able to find us, interact with us, shoot us a message. Um, you're always more than welcome to shoot me an email, Stephen at Burkhart creative agency.com. If you guys have any questions about marketing, um, or you want to reach out cause you want to, uh, have us work on some of the marketing for your company as well. Uh, we've expanded a little bit. We are able to do messaging, branding, positioning as well. Um, we've been able to partner with some really awesome people to be able to offer those services so that if you're launching a rebranding, uh, we can take care of you. So that way you have clarity on your messaging so you don't get lost in the shuffle. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ashley. <laughs> 